Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you. As people are still joining us today, let's stand together and let's begin our worship. As we recognize God's love for us was revealed through Jesus so that we might live through Jesus, the centerpiece of all things, the beginning and the end. For all things come through Christ. Oh, we sing of the faithfulness through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance. I believe that you are my fortress, you are my portion, you are my hiding place. Oh, I believe you are the
may be seated. Good morning and welcome to San Diego First Church. My name is Matt Wilson and I'm one of the pastors here on staff and it is good to be with you this morning. There's a few things we got going on in the life of the church that I want you to be aware of. And the first is this. We'd love to know that you're here. And so you can use your smartphone to uh, pick up either the QR code up here or on your bulletin. Just let us know your name. If you have a change of contact information, let us know about that. If you have prayer requests, it's a great way for you to communicate those to your pastoral staff in a confidential way. So I'd love for you to let us know that you're here. Secondly, we've got our last Wednesday night activities going on here at the church. Uh, our adult youth, uh, Pastor D, is teaching on dreams. We'd love for you to join for that. We also have our last kids you. Uh, they are watching a movie. They're hanging out. And we have our last dinner here for the spring. Uh, we are serving up pizza and would love for you to join us for our last Wednesday night activities before the summer starts. Uh, we have a men's breakfast coming up May 20th. If you want to join uh, this gathering, uh, please RSVP. We'd love to know how much food to have for you all to be there. Please, please come with us on May 20th here uh, for breakfast. And lastly, big announcement. Want you to mark your calendars for Vacation Bible School here. Yes, give it up. July 24th through the 28th, it's here on our campus. This is not just for our kids, but this is an, an outreach to our community. And certainly, yes, it is centered on children and, and the sports camps and all of that. But this is a whole church thing. We need all of you to help us out. So whether that is uh, coaching uh, kids and the sports or if that's just sitting at the check-in table helping out, we could use all all the help. So please, please, please mark your calendars July 24th through the 28th here at San Diego First Church. Uh, at this time, we have a tradition in our church that we greet one another with the peace of Christ. It's just a time for us to connect, meet new people, say hi to old people that we've known for some time, passing the peace of Christ. So the peace of Christ be with you. You can make it to back to your seats. Sorry for such the abrupt ending. Usually I'm like on the mic. It's very clear what's going on in the room, and I was off it for a little bit. You can blame me for that transition. But 
Good morning, everybody. It is great to be with you. I just want to bring attention to some things in the room today. Um, we have some two different, actually four different if you include our candle tables as well. But other than the candle tables, we have two different prayer stations here. We have this wall that is prayers for intercession, and we have this wall that is prayers for gratitude. And the prayers for gratitude is inviting you to reflect through journaling. You would have a piece of paper over here, and you'd be going through these prompts or writing whatever you're really grateful for. And we love kind of the symbolism here of how that goes inside the Lift Up Christ wall. As you can see, the Lift Up Christ wall is there, and you can roll up that paper, and you can put it in between the lights. And we love to lift up our, our gratitude, be the thing that lifts up Christ. It's a very, yes, thank you for the, the whole clever thing there. And it's a wonderful thing, too, in how we worship. The other side is the prayers for intercession. And if you don't know what intercession means, it's how we pray for each other. It's how we pray for others in our world. And we'd like to invite you at any time of this service at all to feel comfortable. Um, this is a room that should be moving with God's spirit and God's people. And in many ways that we worship not only through music and singing, and praying, but also worship through journaling and worship through the way in which we light candles and how we lift up Christ with our gratitude for Christ. And I would like to take us along the journey of our worship today of reading through Psalm 116 as our preparation for this next portion of our worship. It says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice, he heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and the cup and the call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will invite you to stand now and again encourage you. Take some time to journal. Pray for one another. Lift up your thanks and your gratitude for God. Sing in the faithfulness of our Lord. Praise thy faithfulness, O Oh mm -hmm. 
take confidence and hope that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so Lord, we come before you with our hearts open to what you have for us, knowing that your love and your spirit is with us. Would it encourage us in the midst of our suffering, of our pain, to know that there is a God that sees us, a God that knows us, and a God that loves us. We sing of our grateful hearts to you, Lord, for your faithfulness in our lives. When I call on your name, you answer. When I fall, you are there by my side. You deliver me
whole hearts to you. For great is the Lord of the Lord of Christ towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. We lift up our voice and we sing, I found the love. Come on. was an exciting song. I loved that. Thanks, Praise Band. That was marvelous. My name is Dee. It is a joy to be with you this morning and to celebrate God's goodness in our life's journey together in the community of faith. And to do that through worship, through God's Word, through prayers and prayer stations, and through digging into God's Word, which we'll do in a few moments. Um, but first, I want to come down here to try and explain to this wonderful group right here. We're keeping you a bit longer than we normally do for good reason because we have a piece of the service that I think you'll love and enjoy in just a few moments. After that's over, we get to offer a prayer on your behalf and send you out of here. But I'm always worried that I'm going to forget that right at the right moment. So when we get to that spot where it ought to happen, which is right before when we read scripture, if I've forgotten it, we need to rehearse this. Y'all just need to lift up your hands and do this back and forth real fast. Perfect. Okay, everybody else is doing it. Judy, you're not doing it at all for me. There we go. Okay, great, 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 great. That's what I want to see if I'm up here and I've started reading. Okay, great. Now, the spot that um, I love, it really, for me, sits at the centerpiece of our service, is what we get to do collectively in community. We do a variety of things in community. We certainly sing together, but we give witness and testimony to important moments and important things. And this morning, we have the wonderful privilege of having a baby dedication, so I'm going to ask the Holcomb family to come up here and join me. What a treat to have them. I will do the introductions here in just one second. Daniel and Stephanie, thank you for letting me be part of this. And their wonderful kids, Benji, who's just keeping the whole family together right now by not letting go of anybody. And I love that, Benji. Emmy, who's uh, finding her way past dad. And then down on the end, Daniel's parents, Ken and Dee, so glad that you are here. And then in Daniel's arms, Ryan Milo, Ryan Milo, there he is right there. And we get to offer prayers and um, support and encouragement in these moments by what we do in these moments. So I'm going to take Ryan just a few moments, but he looks so content and I don't want to upset that moment. But I want to say that we all have a part to play in all of this. So I'm going to give a few instructions. And I hope that you are willing and can say we will or I will at the appropriate moment. And the first part of that is an instruction that goes to all of you as the congregation. It is a charge that we function in community to support this family, to love this family. I know, Rai, you've been around for a few months already, and I hope you've already felt the support. Yep. 
but it is a commitment on behalf of the church to live out our faith in love and grace, in caring for those in our midst that we protect and watch over, and that we step into this family's life and provide the kind of encouragement, not correction or instruction on how to parent, but instead encouragement in the difficult task of parenting through love and grace and a willingness to take a part. If there's ever a need for a special meal or that there's an opportunity to do something to make this family feel like they have a network of support that will not let them down, that's what the church community of faith needs to be. So as God gives you opportunity, as God gives you opportunity, and it comes across your pathway, will you as a congregation support, love, and care for this family and Rye as God gives you the grace and ability to do so? If so, say we will. Oh, that was nice. I hope you heard that. Hold them to it, okay? And to grandparents, a word of admonition actually comes straight from Scripture that speaks about a role that you play. It certainly is to care for and to love and to step in and support. But it's also, when appropriate and at those right times, to share your journey, whatever it is, the rough, the good, the, the struggle, but also the joy of what it means to be faithful and live into what Christ provides. It's an opportunity for grandparents to speak out of years of wisdom. And it is an admonition to be that through how you live as well as the opportunities when appropriate in what you say. If you're willing to do that, please say we will. I thought that would be the case. <laughs> to Stephanie and Daniel, you two are amazing. It has been such a joy to have you part of this community and what you have contributed over so many years. And it is such a joy to be part of these moments with you. Strong admonition in scripture, and intuitively, and from the community of faith, it all speaks to what it means through all the wonderful moments and all the difficult moments, all the joys and all of the apprehension of the unknown to step with faith and trust into each other's arms and into the work of the Holy Spirit, not only living with you, but living in you. You become as a family, a community in and of itself. And it's into that space where you cry out and say, oh Lord, we need you, we need your help. We need your guidance. We need your love. So the call is to live in the fear and admonition of the Lord, to train up your kids and give them the flavor of the good news, the taste of love that will whet their appetite forever to live into that love. If you're willing to do that, just say, I will. Thanks so much. Why will you come to me? Can I hold you? Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, there we go. Okay, I'll let you look at your parents, but I'm going to turn you and let you look at everybody else as well. Ah, oh, so nice. Rai Milo Hokum, it is my privilege to dedicate you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, we thank you. The weekend that this young man was born, December 18th, 2021, one of those beautiful readings was from Luke chapter 1. And your word tells us that Elizabeth spoke to Mary and said, blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb. What a beautiful verse for this family that is blessed and Rye who is blessed by you. May he forever be that blessed one that learns how to be a blessing to others. And may you fill this young body, heart, and soul with your grace and peace 
that he might live into everything you created him to be. May joy be his constant companion, even in the midst of whatever he faces. And may the family be blessed. May the church be blessed. May the world be blessed because you have blessed this one. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Will you give this family a round of applause for this wonderful time? See you today. I love you. Thank you. Okay, I know I'm supposed to remember something. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Um, This is a time when we get to pray a prayer of blessing over our children as they head off to their area to learn and grow and participate in the wonderful ways in which God works in their life. So if you would join me in this wonderful prayer of blessing for our kids. This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more, knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Thank you. See you all. Before I read the passage of Scripture, let me just make mention for those of you that might be interested Um, We have several things that are part of the larger church of which we are a part. Um, We are associated with the Church of the Nazarene that is broken down into zones. One of those zones being a San Diego zone. Districts, the Southern California District, and then the General Church. General Church meets in a General Assembly beginning June 9th. Our District Assembly that's going to take place at Um, Marietta Gateway Church of the Nazarene takes place on June 3rd. Um, If you're interested in being a delegate to that, I sure hope you would contact the church office and let us know, and we will do the appropriate qualifications to make that work. Um, But we do have what's um, called a zone rally or zone gathering. Um, It provides an opportunity for the churches that in years past have given a report Um, at the district assembly to simplify district assembly and have that happen at a zone time. That's going to take place next Sunday night, April 30th, just down at Mission Church in Mission Valley. If you'd like to go, we would love to have you. It'll be a time of praise and worship, some pastor's reports, a devotional will be offered, and it will take place at 6 o'clock at the Mission Church next Sunday night. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Um, It does give me an opportunity to brag on this church. I only get three minutes to do it, and I could take the whole evening, but it does give me a few moments to do that. So, if you've not been bragged on it for a while, that's the place to be. I would like to read the passage for this morning. This is the passage for um, the message as we dig deeper into 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, 
but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope, therefore, are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for others, love one another deeply from the heart. I'm going to go ahead and read to the end of the chapter just two more, three more verses. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For... All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. This is the word of the Lord. I'd like to preface digging into the details of this passage by first acknowledging the author of this passage. The author makes a difference. The perspective they bring to the story they're telling um, influences the ways in which that story gets emphasized for our admonition, for our growth, for our discipleship. And understanding some of those things that are important or the background of a particular individual who is writing can help us. It doesn't change how something is inspired, but it changes the humanity that is woven into this inspired portion or passage. And the writer here is Peter. Some of you may be very familiar with Peter's story. Some may not know Peter at all. Peter has um, some wonderful stories associated with him that kind of make it seem like he's rather bold, sometimes brash, um, sometimes impulsive. He... he Sounds, at least at certain moments, like he has the makings of somebody that could become a bully. Just rolling over people. There are some powerful, wonderful moments that make us stop and pause and, and go, wow, in regard to Peter. Some of the stories that might come to mind for Peter are the times when he uh, kind of initiated... Not sure that anybody was prepared for it, but Jesus comes walking on the water and Peter says, well, beckon me to do the same. Can I get out of the boat? And he steps out of the boat onto water for a moment. And then he looks around and sees what he's done and he starts to drop beneath the surface. And Jesus restores him. We, we have... Peter boldly proclaiming when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, well, you're the Messiah. You are the one for whom we've waited. You are the Christ, the living one. And gets this wonderful pat on the back, attaboy kind of a thing from Jesus. He's the one who up on the Mount of Transfiguration makes this possible thing that we could do in this fabulous moment what if we just build a structure for all three of the people who are up here Moses Elijah and Jesus how does that sound unnecessary 
but great idea, I guess. Good offering. Your heart's good. Peter says, Lord, I will never forsake you. I, I will be with you through all things. Really, really good heart, Peter. But before the roaster, rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Failure, failure, failure. Peter's also associated post-resurrection with the wonderful story where he's on the rooftop, has a dream where he's told, in essence, I'm shrinking this beautiful, powerful story that's given a lot of space in Scripture, where he's told to take the good news to the Gentiles. Reluctant to do so, but commanded by God, he follows and obeys. I, I would contend that these moments where Peter seemingly fails at his bold, brash approach may very well be the most important moments in, Jesus's, in Peter's life as Jesus steps in and as time passes, restores, redeems, reconciles, loves, provides grace. Peter is without a doubt, it would seem, in this start of the new church, the unfolding of the post-ascension church as Jesus has entrusted to the disciples all that follows, certainly becomes the most powerful, influential person in the church. And rightfully so. I mean, he's listed number one every time a listing of the disciples is mentioned. It's typically Peter, then James, John, and then the rest are listed. He steps into a place of um, important leadership when you think that the one who has established all of this is no longer present among us in bodily form, has certainly given us the spirit, but who's going to lead in this physical form. Peter by default. But as his leadership spans time, it's, it's not the leadership of a brash, impulsive, arrogant bully. It's a self-effacing, not looking for the limelight, strong in his faith, Bold in what he says about the gospel. But one who over and over again speaks about embracing his own and others' suffering, not embracing prestige. One who speaks about the work and transformational power of the Holy Spirit firsthand not a look at me, but a look at Jesus posture. It's a powerful transformation of a person's best characteristics that have the potential to take a person in multiple directions. And so I'd ask, 
whether I'm explicit about it or not, I always ask over and over again, would you use your imagination for a moment? Your spiritual imagination. This is Peter talking to us, but when we think about Peter, could you just for a moment think about your own characteristics, your own traits, whatever you might consider the best and worst of. Anyone you might choose, yours. In this moment, can you think of two different directions some of your traits could take you? Left to my own ways, left to my own journey, if I were to take this characteristic of mine, if it's one I'm ashamed of, I push it down, I hide it, I try not to let anybody see it, but it keeps poking forth. If it's one you're proud of, one you like, one you think defines you, you think of all the ways and where it can take you, if anybody would just give you a chance and you could live it out. Now, what if that trait was touched by God's Spirit? If it, if it was infused with love, if it was surrendered in trust to your Creator, whether it was one you pushed down or pushed away or one that you lift up and are very proud of, either one of those, infused with love, infused with God's grace, infused with God's Spirit, where then would it go? What then does it look like? Some of you can give real-life examples if you've surrendered some of those things. But often what happens in life, new things come to the surface. Oh, I hope nobody knows this. Or, oh, here's something I didn't even realize was part of my journey. This is an ongoing, lifelong journey of discipleship, the invitation, like Peter, to continually surrender to God and how God might use these parts of who we are in God's kingdom work. So then, now we step in to Peter's words to the church. Beginning in verse 17, and it says, Now therefore, since we have one who judges impartially, making reference to our Creator, which I have a tough time even wrapping my head around. I like to think I'm impartial. In my most honest moments, I'm not sure I'm impartial about anything. I bring all of my stuff to the table. And I make judgments based on my own experiences, my own background, the way I was raised, this place and point in time, my geographical location, the characteristics I like and don't like in others, and there is no impartiality with me. So do not come to me for any kind of judgment. I'm just telling you that. You can ask my opinion, but that's exactly what it is. It is opinion. But we have one who's impartial. Wow. Hard for me to even imagine that, but what is it like to not only come to one who is impartial, but whose character is love? I feel like we need, again, to use our imagination. And I'll tell you where this took me when I was trying to consider what does this feel like to step into the presence of one who's impartial, 
but whose character is love. One of those moments where you don't know how desperately you need something until you receive something that you desperately needed. And this is the one that keeps coming to my imagination. I hope you can think of something that fits for you. I have always loved swimming pools. I, I now have a son-in-law that builds them. I'm hoping one day he can make enough money doing that that I don't have to pay for one that he can build in some backyard of mine. That's my hope. I stated it out loud. You can tell him I said that because he's not here this morning. I like swimming pools a lot. I love opening my eyes underwater. I love swimming laps. I love seeing how far or how long I can go with one breath. One of my favorite is whatever pool I'm in is to start at one end, just take as deep a breath as I can, see if I can swim to the opposite end, and if I can, can I quickly do a quick flip and keep going and see can I do one length, a length and a half, can I do two? Is it possible I can get past two? Well, in the bathtub, yes, because the laps are real short, but when it gets longer, I'm not quite as good. But I love, can I just go one more stroke? Can I just go one more stretch in distance? And when I've pushed beyond what I think is possible for me, there is this moment when I break through the surface and there is this gasp of air to try and replenish what has not been there. And that moment where you break through the surface and it's, <gasps> that moment is what it feels like when God's love infuses me in a moment when I didn't even realize how much I needed it. Since then, we have this judge who is impartial and who judges from this posture of love. If I were to continue writing this, I would say, as if you have broken through the surface and gotten your first breath of pure air in such a long time, and it fills your lungs, and your entire being comes back to life anew. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about all of the sudden a world that turns inside out. And if you don't think this is what Peter is talking about, Peter says, because you've been in, redeemed by that which is imperishable. Not like perishable things, like silver or gold. Hold on. We have an entire economy back then and in part now based on imperishable goods like silver and gold. You can't do anything to them that makes them impure. You, you can heat them up and the dross that comes to the top, you can take that off, but the gold, the silver, was always traditionally viewed as imperishable. And Peter is saying, not like perishable things, such as silver and gold. Peter is talking that the world gets turned upside down when you take this breath of the Spirit. That which is imperishable is the blood and flesh of the Lamb of God. 
given to take away the sins of the world that sets in motion those things that last forever. He's saying to this group of people, I know you're aliens in a foreign land. And, you know, you just need to acknowledge you are aliens. In fact, as Eugene Peterson says, don't get all cozy where you're at. Because this is a foreign land. There is something that is forever of which you are a part now. And when you breathe in the grace, the grace and love of Christ, there begins to permeate your characteristics and your life infused with the Holy Spirit that begins to make that which was perishable now imperishable. The reason I wrote, read the last few verses, it talks about all people are like grass and flowers of the field. Wonderful and beautiful, not demeaning that that's wonderful, but the grass and the flowers of the field pass pretty quickly. But you've been connected and born of the word that was at the beginning of creation. The invitation to participate in a, in a storyline that stretches from before things were, and that really takes imagination. What in the world did that look like? We have scientists that try and describe it and struggle. We have artists and poets that probably do a better job of describing the indescribable of singing the melody of that which is before and will be after and of which we are a part now. And it's a redemption from something. So I just want to acknowledge that it certainly is a renewing and a restoration, a redeeming of the characteristics of who we are infused by Christ and God's Spirit. But it is a redeeming from something that was. And here's what he describes it as. That which was of our ancestors. That which was from before us. Unproductive. Unfulfilling. I'd like to pause here for two points out of this. The first is, there is an old saying, I don't know how old it is, it's older than me, so that's pretty old, that God has no grandchildren. I know that feels kind of trite, but there's a whole lot of truth in this. It has to become our own faith. We are invited to be children of our creator, to take on our creator's name. That's where the word Christian comes from, from the word Christ, from the name Christ. And the invitation into that place is an invitation into relationship. I love my parents. I'm very fortunate 
to have been raised in a home where I felt loved. Maybe because of that, sometimes it even takes more of a struggle to break away from the faith of my parents and to recognize that there has to come a point in time where it's my faith. I'm invited by my creator because it's empty to live into somebody else's faith. It may help me, help me get through some things, which it certainly did, but there has to come a point in time where I recognize that I do have choices. And those choices are in my journey of faith as well, about how I view my faith and how I look at scripture and what I believe about God and God's spirit's work and how I think that works in the world. And there is a call to honor father and mother. There is also an invitation to be God's child. And it leads eventually to an empty place when I'm living someone else's faith. But when I claim my faith as my own and attach myself to a community of believers and ask the community of believers to help me on this journey of faith, I, I begin to taste in new ways what the fruits of the Spirit taste like. With my own struggles and my own conflicts, just like you do. Having said that, I don't think Peter is putting down the journey of the ancestors. In fact, I would proclaim just the opposite. One of the reasons that we have this long history in our sacred literature is that we might see the journey with a group of people over generations. And the story that's told over generations is also my story and my journey of faith. My journey of being born and your story of being born. The story of the seeking out of the people, of um, leadership that would match the people around them. The longing for a king so that they could be like others and what it felt like for me growing up wanting to fit in and, and wanting to find myself fitting in with others and how others do things and finding my allegiance to a way of governance over my life that helped me to fit and how inadequate that was. The journey of wrestling with the law and what the law meant and trying to live up to the law and to do good and be good and finding that over and over again I failed and failed again and failed again and again. And realizing my inability on my own to fulfill what I thought were the requirements of my life. And then the spirit triggering my heart you can't do this but I can through you recognizing a freedom from the law and a freedom then from the sin that's defined by the law 
a freedom pursue, to pursue God without fear because I had discovered one who judged impartially and judged from a place and posture of love and grace. The story of Scripture is the story of my personal journey. This is not a put-down of what has been in the past. It's an invitation to say, look at your own journey of faith and learn from the story that's been told over and over again. Not only can I not do this alone without the Spirit, but I can't do it without you. We live in community for a reason, to live out our faith and learn from one another and hold each other up even when we don't understand. Because it doesn't take a whole lot of faith to live into what we already understand. It takes a lot of faith to live into what we don't understand. And so this invitation by Peter is an invitation invitation to you and to me, an invitation to be born into this word that is eternal, an invitation to be reminded, if you've already made that choice, that it has all kinds of implications of how then we live. It invites us to not do it on our own, but to recognize that the things that we connect ourselves to are connected either to that which is imperishable or that which perishes. And for Peter's crowd, who view themselves as aliens in a foreign land, Peter's saying, yeah. But the truth is, all of us who are walking this path are. And so... The ability to step into these moments and live in such a way that others take note of your faith, of your joy, of your hope, of how you respond to suffering and struggle and conflict. That is how I've invited you to live with the Spirit's help to do all of those things with no fear of whether you get it right but an invitation to recognize that in doing what God has called us to do, we attach ourselves to that which was before creation and goes through all time. The invitation to a life of love, which is exactly what Peter says. And so, everyone, you've been invited to live this way, to have a sincere love that's deep from the heart. I don't know why, but for some reason in the last few weeks, I have heard multiple times people use the phrase, fake it till you make it. And I know that that is a phrase that sometimes works real well. Sometimes when we're discouraged and we're trying to just feel better about things, fake feeling better until you actually feel better. That's not bad advice. But Peter here is saying that there is a love that isn't a faked love. 
It is a love that comes from having been profoundly loved. So if I could just for a moment invite you to the place where life sometimes makes us feel like we are underwater, enjoying for a few moments the unique characteristics of what it's like to open your eyes underwater and see the light flash and see things in their strange perspective that the prism of water throws off and feel like we're buoyant. And then all of a sudden we realize that in this moment, we can't breathe, we can't survive, we can't stay down here forever. In fact, the lungs start to burn, the head starts to do funny things. And all we have to do is push ourselves up to the surface where one who loves us provides abundantly every breath we need to not just survive, but to thrive. And with that knowledge to take as many breaths as we need to swim to our heart's delight, to live on the surface of the water, beneath the water, on the shore, and may it all be bathed with the love that is found in Jesus Christ, the Lamb chosen before creation, because you see, this isn't God's second best or third best or fourth best because we screwed up seven times, 70 times, 70 times, seven. This has always been God's best, God's choice, God's plan, that we would be redeemed, reconciled, loved, and poured over with grace. And live in celebration of what God is doing in us, among us. May we learn what it means to splash in the waters of God's love. To embrace those moments of suffering. To know that there are moments to come of joy. And maybe sometimes those moments overlap. And may we learn to do this fully dependent on God's spirit and doing it with others who are on the journey of faith with us. I want to invite us to a time of prayer. A few moments maybe of guided prayer. I'd love us to begin, if we could, just offering prayers of gratitude. While we're doing this, I'm going to ask the band to come. Prayers of gratitude for how God has worked in your life. Prayers of gratitude for the characteristics that he's placed within you those that you're uncertain of and those that you love, both of them. Just thank God for how you have been fearfully and wonderfully made because you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Name them in your prayer time. What are those characteristics that are woven into who you are? Maybe offer a prayer, a prayer of intercession. It can be intercession on your own behalf. Lord, take this characteristic. I, I don't even know what to do with it. It may be a characteristic like Peter that has led him to failure numerous times. Or a characteristic like Peter 
that led him to be one of the best decision makers of all. Whatever it might be, just offer a prayer on behalf of yourself. Knowing full well that the journey is not just about you. One of the great ways to step into a place of humility is to pray for someone else, not as if you are better, but pray in their need, recognizing that it takes humility to come before our Creator and ask for a petition on behalf of someone else. Intercede for someone else in your life. Now I invite you to a very important moment of restoration, redemption, reconciliation. Peter invites us to grab hold of that which is imperishable. The lamb who was slain on our behalf. If this is a moment for you where you're longing for that breath of fresh air, Know that before the beginning of time, for your sake, this was put in place. Just a prayer that says, Oh Lord, the Lamb is for me. Thank you, Lord. And then, God, how then do I live? Fill us with your love. May the power of your love feel like a breath of air that turns a moment of panic into a moment of joy, that turns struggle into fun splashing that turns fear into an abandoned cannonball into the pool of your grace. So Lord, may we this week acknowledge our likeness to Peter and just do a few cannonballs as you lead us into our future. As the band plays, may God's spirit continue to speak to your heart. And may these moments be your moments with your creator who knows you best and loves you most.
My prayer and blessing over you this Sunday is the same as last Sunday, but a slight twist to it. If you recall from last Sunday, it comes right out of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. May grace and peace be yours in abundance. As I left this place over the course of the next couple days from last Sunday, I realized as I pray that for others, Jesus asked the question, so how does that come to pass? Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Well, I have to be the vessel of grace and peace to you in abundance. So my prayer and blessing over you is that you would have grace and peace in abundance. But may you be the purveyor of grace and peace in a world that needs grace and peace in abundance. That's your calling and your blessing this week. Go in God's grace and God's love. God be with you.